it isn't for dreams, man would still be on the ground. Over the last century, aviation has revolutionized the way we live and travel. From the first passenger flights in the 1920s, air travel has brought us closer together, expanded our horizons, and transformed every aspect of our lives. Today, more than 100,000 flights take off and land every day around the world, carrying over 8 million passengers and covering distances that were once unimaginable. Thanks to aviation, we can travel faster, farther, and more efficiently than ever before. And at the helm of our safe arrival at our destinations are the pilots. Highly skilled aviation professionals responsible for safely operating and navigating aircraft, trained to manage complex flight systems and make critical decisions in emergency situations. If you ever had dreams to take to the sky, this is the time to act. As the aviation industry is emerging from the challenges of the pandemic and heading to severe pilot shortage. Today, we will learn the demands and the rewards of a career as a pilot and how you can be a professional pilot. This is Career Calling, and I'm your host, Pratibha Pandit. My guest today is a veteran pilot and aviation expert, Frank Kachan. Frank is a pilot in command, or as it is popularly known, a captain for a major U.S. airline with 25 years of flying experience, both domestically and internationally. And when he's not flying, Frank helps researchers at UC Berkeley make advancements in flight operations as an aviation expert. Being born into a family of aviators, Frank's passion for aviation runs deep. And now, he wants to help make a career in aviation more accessible to anyone who has sky dreams. Hi, Frank. Welcome to Career Calling. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Usually on my podcast, I start by asking the guests to describe, you know, the nature of their job. But when it comes to flying a plane, I think there would be hardly anyone, kids or adults, who haven't fancied flying a plane at some point in their life. I've always wondered, though, that there must be so much more going on on a pilot's day-to-day -day job responsibilities. Can you start by giving us some information about what are the responsibilities of a pilot other than the cockpit job? And, you know, what are all the things that you're managing? You brought up a really good word, and that's managing. We often think of pilot as, you know, just manipulating the aircraft controls and that very narrow aspect of operating the aircraft. I'm a pilot for a major U.S. airline. I'm the pilot command or a captain. And my job involves ensuring that all parameters involved in the safe operation of the aircraft are met. And that is your fundamental responsibility. I can um, have the first officer, obviously, is a big part of the team. I fly with a co-pilot. I can allocate some of the duties, but the fundamental responsibility lies with the captain. But we're two highly trained pilots up there in the front of the cockpit. The captain has the final authority in operating the aircraft. And it is a lot of time management, task management, error management. Uh, a lot of those things go into being a pilot. 
And we do have FAA training and programs, uh, human factor programs, in addition to our aviation training. Mm -hmm. Now, are there different types of pilots? Like, are there different specializations? So there, we, we often think of airline pilots, you know, kind of that's the first pilot job that comes to mind for people. But there's a lot of jobs in corporate aviation. Uh, there's mm -hmm. jobs in, in all the different types of aircraft that are being flown out there. There's pilots for those aircraft. So we sometimes neglect the fact that there's law enforcement opportunities. So a lot of law enforcement departments have a helicopter or uh, airplane, fixed wing is what we call it, um, programs. And jo those are wonderful jobs. The airline is is the jobs generally tend to be the most stringent requirements. You need a four-year degree, you need extensive training, and it's very competitive to get those jobs. And there, But there is a lot of other opportunities out there. Pilots are needed for a lot of different types of flying needs. Most commonly known are airline pilots, who either fly for a major airline or a regional airline. You could be flying for a private charter plane for businesses or individuals. There are cargo planes transporting goods, military pilots, medical ambulance pilots, government services pilots, the list goes on and on. However, U.S. Federal Aviation Association lists six categories of pilot certificates that determine what type of plane you can fly and for what purposes. But the first step for all of these is the same. To sign up, get on a plane, and start accumulating flying hours which for Frank started early in his life. We will come to the whole training part of it in a little bit, but I wanted to hear about your story. Like, do you always want to be a pilot? How did you, how did you yeah. get into it? I love my job. It's, it's been very, very rewarding. Huh? I was, I got into aviation through my family. My father was a captain for an airline called TWA. My mom was an uh -huh. air hostess and flew for TWA and, and that's where they met. And my uh -huh. father had a wonderful career. And that provided me the opportunity and the understanding and the learning to develop my interest. And something I'm very passionate about is that I want to make sure that I do what I can to provide people with those opportunities. It's not something that you should have in your family history. We need to really open things up and introduce people to, to aviation and let them understand that it's a very, very real opportunity. And we really need diversity and young people to be involved. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. So you have a, a legacy of uh, flying in your family. Absolutely right. What you said for a lot of others, when you're not familiar with it, when you haven't seen people around, it's kind of hard to figure right. out how to get started and what to do. So what are the opportunities? Where should students, kids who are interested in flying or, you know, young adults, where do they get started? Like what are the formal education opportunities and what are the training requirements? Okay, so there's two components. There's an educational component, and then there's your training and your flying. Generally speaking, if you want to go to the airlines, a four-year degree is required. They're not necessarily concerned with what your four-year degree is in. They want to make sure that you have a, a, an educational background that's going to provide the ability for you to be successful as a pilot. For instance, mm -hmm. I have a degree in economics, and I got my flying separate, and that's that was kind of my story. Now we have colleges that have aviation programs, so you can't go to an aviation college. You can manage or you can study aviation management and get a degree in that, and those are becoming more popular. Um, someone who's interested in flying can go out to their local airport or local flight school 
We're here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we have a lot of flight schools, but all over the United States, you can go out to your local airport and get an introductory lesson. Uh, and that's how you would begin. You would start with flying with a flight instructor at a small airport and a small aircraft, and you would build and develop your training and go through the process where you solo, where you take your written test, where you become a private pilot, and then you build your time and experience and get your additional ratings that would enable you to be a commercial pilot. People sometimes think of learning to fly as, as, a, as a very, very large task. You can take it you know, piece by piece. You take it with your, your first introductory lesson. Uh, if mm -hmm. you enjoy your first introductory lesson and you want to continue, you can solo. You could get your private pilot license. I tell people that they don't necessarily need to become uh, a commercial pilot or an airline pilot. You could get your private pilot license. And if you're an engineer, that is, is a wonderful combination to work at a company like Boeing, for instance. So mm -hmm. take it piece by piece. It's a different path. We all have a different path and, and there's many different paths and we all find our own way in, in aviation. But the local flight schools, they do have a, an introductory lesson that's available. Mm -hmm. I often see the, the pilot list of different types of aircrafts and then the number of hours. So help me understand that a little bit. Is it that you have to be trained in different categories of aircrafts and the requirements of number of hours? Like help me understand how that plays a role into a career. Yeah. So hours are very important. Your hours, your accumulation of experience is important. So you have to have certain hourly requirements, certain hours of total flight time, night flight time, mm -hmm. instrument flight time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so you, you track that in your logbook. You fly, you write that down. And as you become more advanced, you can get a rating called an airline transport pilot rating. And that's the rating that I have. That's the rating you would eventually need to get to be a professional pilot to fly large aircraft. But once we get into the, the large aircraft realm, we go to the airline, train in simulators. We go through a ground school program initially, and then we go through a very, very demanding regiment of flying in the simulator to learn to fly the aircraft. And then you type rating. So I'm typing on uh, the Airbus products, quite a few of the different Air, Airbus aircraft. So the 320, the 330, and the uh, Airbus A350. And so I've been to fly a lot of domestic uh, route structures as well as international. Now, you talked about the human factor assessments and time management. And there are so many other factors that a pilot needs to be aware of. Is that something that will be trained as part of their practical training in the flight school? Or is it something that they will learn on job when they uh, get into the workforce? Yeah, our human factors training is a requirement from the FAA. We are required. What they found in the history of aviation was um, initially they had structural issues with the aircraft and aircraft design. As they got better at building and designing aircraft, they found that airplanes were still crashing. And what that led them to realize is that it was human factors. It was some of the decision-making or informational sharing. So we have programs that essentially are how to work an effective team environment, and we call it crew resource management. But we have several pillars of aviation safety that go into making aviation so safe. So uh, the human factors is something you can start working on. As you take your very first lessons, you're going to start integrating these other concepts. And that's the wonderful thing about aviation is you learn about risk management, you learn about uh, it's multidisciplinary. So it it really uh, opens up your world to a lot of new ways of thinking, just aviation. Now, 
the flight training, is it always going to be a separate training that one needs to go and get it? Or is there an opportunity where it is part of the formal education, you know, from the regular university? They can be through the college program. So you get a degree in aviation management and they're becoming more, more common. But years ago, when I came through, there were very few uh, programs that, that had a university affiliated with a university flight training program. So now we have schools that actually specialize in uh, aviation training, they have programs. So you can get a degree and get your flying through the university. However, if you wanted to go to a college and you have, I have a friend who has a degree and a liberal arts degree, uh, he went on to get his ratings and he's now being hired as a pilot, um, but separate path where he had a degree and then he went and got his flight training. Now, you don't necessarily need a degree for all aviation jobs, but if you're looking at the higher paying jobs, the more competitive jobs, the degree is still very, very important. Is there an age limit on when one can get started? Like I've seen pretty young kids like high schoolers fly aircrafts. So is there an age limit on when they can get started on their training? Yes, there is. So for instance, I learned to fly in gliders at age 14. They have a very low age limit for that. It's 16, you can solo in an aircraft. And there's various age restrictions. I think it's 18 to become a commercial pilot, 23 to become an airline transport pilot. So there's some minimum ages, and then there's some maximum ages. So at 64, there's a mandatory retirement from the airlines in the U.S. That may uh, get extended. Um, that's kind of in process, but uh, we'll see how that works out. Frank, when I was researching, I saw a video post on your LinkedIn, either you posted or somebody else. It is a video of a pilot, the cockpit view of a pilot flying in a very turbulent conditions, you know, plane literally swaying. Somebody commented saying, how do they do it? And then you responded saying that's called flying. So this thought came to my mind that uh, isn't that somebody who really loves adventure and that kind of adrenaline rush, they're going to do well in this industry? Or is that is that just a myth in your opinion? Because an average person like me would have my heart in my mouth, even sitting at the back of the plane. Well, that's a that's a very interesting question and it has a, a little bit of a twist and a surprising answer. Um, pilots are not risk takers. You don't want a pilot taking risk. What you want is someone who is risk adverse and highly trained and able to handle a variety of situations. So what I, what I try and tell people is that it's not the person that makes the pilot, it's the pilot that makes the person. So that might seem very challenging to you and how could somebody be so calm, cool and collected and flying in that weather? Well, that's not how you start out. You start out learning, developing your skills, and it's the pilot and the training that forms that, that character and that, that personality and, and gives you the ability to be confident in those situations. And I think there's a little bit of a myth that people see that and they, they think, I could never do that. Well, with the proper training, with the proper experience, I have no doubt that most people would be able to handle those situations. Makes sense. Now, when you say it, yeah, it definitely makes sense that the pilot should be discovers. And now, um, once somebody gets the training, you know, the formal training and the flying hours and all of that, what are the opportunities? Like, what are the opportunities for them to get into the workforce and how do they approach exploring different paths? Okay, so the, there's, a, there's a path that is generally followed. But like I say, there's a lot of different paths. And, and I find that people with uh, ambition and motivation who really want to 
become pilots. They kind of find a way. There's some very expensive ways to do it. And then there's opportunities that are kind of unfolding and the expenses coming down right now for the next several years, we're facing a pilot shortage. We know the pilots that we have in the workforce. We know their ages. We know that they're going to be retiring. And we look at the number of certificates that the FAA is issuing, and we do have a problem, pilot shortage. Now, the traditional way was to go get your flight training. A way you could do it would be to go get your flight training in a, in a local airport, get your flight training, um, build your time, and then become a flight instructor in a small aircraft, because you can do that with, I think it's 250 hours. You can be an instructor at a local flight school building your time, and then move on to a regional airline. Now, there are changes that are taking place due to the pilot shortage where there's more, more businesses or more companies are starting to realize that there's a pilot shortage. So they're offering more funding in terms of uh, scholarships, uh, training, paying for training costs, and increasing pilot wages. Now, for approaching these internships or the initial jobs, is there a certain number of hour requirements? Do they need to train for a certain number of hours even to apply? You have, for instance, I was just made aware of a major airline that was United Airlines, where if you have your commercial instrument rating, you qualify to go into one of their internships. So there's internships that kind of can get you assimilated into the industry. But generally speaking, we're looking at building the flight time to get the commercial rating. And that's kind of a tough one because you need several hours and it can be, it can be costly. So you have to build your hours. Once you get to 250 hours, you can then uh, get yourself a job because you qualify to be a commercial pilot. So then you can build your hours and then you build up that time to 1500 hours to get your ATP. So 1500 is the magic number that you need to work as a flight instructor or a, a charter pilot or something like that to get onto with a major U.S. airline. They're actively pursuing uh, pilots, and we really we were in the midst of a pilot shortage, and you may have been hearing about that on, on the news. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of advancements in the aviation industry as well, and you are involved with UC Berkeley helping with their aviation research projects. So what are the, some of the advancements you think are going to happen that will change the way the pilots will work in future? Sure. So, yeah, I work. University of California, Berkeley, I do that part-time. It's, it's a small commitment. So the wonderful thing about my job and being a pilot is that we get a lot of time off. So when we go to work, we work for several days, but then we have several days off. So once we're off, nobody calls us for you know anything else. When we're off, we're off. It's not like a job where people are calling you to update the Excel spreadsheets and things like that on your off time. So it's really kind of nice. So I do work with researchers. I work with graduate students and PhD students, as well as the head of the department at UC Berkeley, and they do aviation operations research. So we're doing work in manned systems and as well as unmanned systems as well. So a very exciting area is the unmanned technologies and systems that are coming on and they do the heavy lifting. I work as a, essentially as a subject matter expert. So if they have questions on how the system works, I can provide that information to them. We were doing a project, a manned aircraft project, and it involved traffic in the New York area. And that's something I can readily speak to because I'm flying in and out of that airport uh, and I can help them understand some of the procedures and things like that that happen. But they work on very complex issues. They're very smart people. It's wonderful to have the opportunity to kind of balance my flying 
with working with some really talented, smart people and help them make the advancements in aviation and, you know, help the system. Essentially, the point is to take airborne delay, uh, where you'd be in a home pattern and put that to the ground, take the ground delay, put it to the terminal and take the terminal delay and give that to you when you're at home and give you a text message saying, hey, your flight's running late. So that's a big part, essentially what we're trying to do. You bring up an interesting point, you know, the work hours, right? So a lot of the people who are interested in being part of the aviation industry, one of the skepticism could be the way the operating hours are. Like a lot of us are very conditioned to think our careers as a nine to five. So so give us some insight into how does this work? Like what are the work hours and how do those shifts work? Sure. So I fly approximately 12 to 14 days a month. And those are days where I'll go out, let's say I'll fly three, four day trips or tends to vary. If I would like to fly more generally, I can fly a little bit more and I can also maybe drop down my schedule if I'm interested in doing that. The airline is all about seniority. You get a seniority number when you get hired on. Um, and sometimes people have a hard time with the seniority concept, but it allows everybody to understand where they are in terms of their advancement opportunities. And then they're eligible to essentially bid for positions. So you can stay as a co-pilot and enjoy your seniority, or you could become a captain and you would be cashing in your seniority to, to become a captain on an aircraft. Um, so we have seniority, but it's shift, you know, that you're working multiple days, you're working long days, but the good news is, is that when you're done with working, you get a lot of time off and we do have requirements that restrict them from working too much because the FAA has requirements that says our duty times and our flight times have to be limited to certain values. Now, earlier we talked about diversity and inclusion. I wanted to ask you, there may be a lot of people who are very interested, fascinated with flying in the aviation industry in general, but they may not be able to fly for whatever reasons, maybe disability or something else. What opportunities exist mm-hmm. for them that is closest to fly, you know, and be part of this? The aviation community is very vast. I meet people all the time that are doing fascinating work. They're working with companies like Boeing or Airbus. They could be involved in aircraft mechanic. They could be involved in working in our OCC, which is the operational control center. We have dispatchers that work with the captains of those flights and they dispatch that flight with a joint legal responsibility. Uh, and they're a dispatcher. They prepare the aircraft. They review the status of the aircraft. They determine the payload of the aircraft, how many people are going to be on it, how much fuel, what the weather is doing. They get that ready and then they hand that off to the pilot. But those are jobs that are very, very interesting. And you really have all the components of, of being a pilot, um, but you are the one that is just preparing things. But the knowledge is very similar. Finally, for those who are interested in learning more about this field, what are some of the resources you would recommend? Yeah, you know, I would like to say go online and go to some of the YouTube and and those types of things. But those tend to be a little bit, they're not, they tend to be, how do I want to say this, just a little uh, flamboyant and exciting and things like that. But I think for real understanding, there are some resources. You can see there's a day in the life of an airline pilot. You can those types of things. But, you know, it really gets down to getting up to the airport, taking an introductory lesson on a Saturday. And, you know, it's less than $100. You can go out and, and take a flight around and just start to get a feel for it, as well as exploring, you know, online opportunities, looking at 
white schools and finding a path that, that might eventually get you to where you want to go. Frank, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your vast experience in the aviation industry. I'm sure a lot of them who are thinking about it, you helped get some momentum. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you very much. I'm very passionate about aviation. There's wonderful opportunities to be had, and it's an exciting time for young people to become involved. Thank you. A good starting point to learn would be International Air Transport Association website and U.S. Federal Aviation Association website or your country's aviation agency website. These websites typically list everything from rules of flying, certificate requirements, and a list of schools. For more information, see the description section of the YouTube video. This is Career Calling, and I'm your host, Pratibha Pandit. Thank you for tuning in.